Welcome to Above the Mess, the podcast where we bounce between our interests, dive down rabbit holes, navigate our brains, and come up in Wonderland. I'm Maddie Van Houten, and with me is Izzy Miller. Hello. Hello. Izzy, we have some follow-up that we need to get to. Did you sand and oil your mancala board? Okay. No. Because <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Pokemon instead. <laughs> okay. Fair. Because um, Pokemon is awesome. What game have you been playing? Okay, so I put like 90 hours into Pokemon Legends Arceus since it came out. And now that I've done almost all the post-game content in that, I've picked up a copy of Heart Gold and have started Heart Gold on the DS. And you showed me before we started recording, you even dug up your old DS Lite so that you could play. Like you didn't you didn't know where it was and you just had to go find it so that you could keep playing Pokemon. Well, someone's someone's old DS Lite, not mine, but... Oh, you had to go out and... This is like planning to play Pokemon. I get, I get it, okay? Um, planning makes it sound like I wasn't playing on an emulator, discovering bugs and being like, I should just get, get the console. <laughs> Alex okay, that's even had, better. Alex already had the game, so so I wasn't going out and getting the game, which I don't know if you've looked at old Pokemon game prices, but... They're terrifying. Like like worse than when they first came out or Oh yeah. Like if I wanted Ooh. to pick up Heart Gold, it would be over a hundred dollars. No. No. What? Why? Because pe- Nintendo doesn't like letting people play their games, I guess. Okay, this has always bugged me. This is like a divergence away from Pokemon, but this bugs me because we just got a Switch, right? And my favorite game on the Wii in high school was Super Mario Galaxy because that game's freaking amazing. But Nintendo, for the Switch, released Super Mario Galaxy as part of like a little package and then they won't sell it anymore because it was a limited edition. And I'm like, let me give you money. <laughs> that was, I don't understand what they were thinking there. Like it's one thing not to have the backwards compatibility or to port the game forward, which already feels like there's a lot more they could be doing but then that was just so over the top like they did all the work to port it and then only sold it for a certain amount of time and i'm just like what about the people who are getting the switch now because you just released like a brand new version that everybody wants the oled i didn't even get an oled like i'm just late to the switch game and I want to play this game, and you won't let me play this game unless I buy it secondhand. <sighs> Come on, Nintendo. Anyway, so that's like a divergence. Nintendo needs to like figure some stuff out. I like, <sighs> I get the scarcity scarcity model, but like it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense for for video games. You know, like limited edition shoes. I guess I don't know. I'm now rambling. Yeah. No, I'm so here with you on that but oh well my cyndaquils in both games are really cute and happy so i will lose that it's like okay wait the starter pokemon or the cyndaquil era because i loved that era oh my goodness well okay so in arceus it's cyndaquil rowlet or the otter one which i forget its name i don't think i've ever played with the otter one i don't even remember growlet what type is he that one uh, the owl is becomes uh, flying fighting in its final evolution, and it's just flying at first. Rowlet. 
Rowlet. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Growlet. I was like, is that like that Growlet? Like they named it so close. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay, flying fighting. I don't think real time Ash- follow up. Alex says it's Oshawott. Oshawott. Okay. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> um, I don't think I ever played a game with Oshawott in it. And I honestly didn't realize that they had branched out from the like fire type, leaf type, not leaf, grass type, whatever. Fire type, grass type, and water type starters. Like I didn't realize they had gone to just like flying. They mostly haven't. Oh, it is okay. grass, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I didn't pick it, so okay. Yeah, it might that's be fine. Grass flying or grass fighting? Gosh, someone's going to hear this and be like, "You're not a real Pokemon fan," and I just want you to know, I don't care. I don't I have care Cyndaquil. either. I'm happy. <laughs> Cyndaquil is the cutest. Oh my god, Cyndaquil is the cutest one, and awesome because they're a fire type. I love fire type Pokemon. They're my favorite. I think. Me too. Which is a shame because there aren't that many fire type pokemon and like especially in gens one or two and then like even gen three and four it's like why where yeah. are the fire pokemon i'm like i'm trying to think off the top of my head so i haven't played in a long time um but I'll, i have read pokemon fan fiction we'll get into that in a minute <laughs> uh it's not as weird as it sounds i promise anyway i can only think of like cyndaquil um charmeleon charizard uh what is the first gen no it's charmeleon the first whatever doesn't matter charmander thank you charmander okay i can only think of like magmar and the cinequil and like you know like all of these like very ponyta ponyta pony i wanted a ponyta as a kid and then i wanted to evolve it into a rapidash because that you know i didn't want a pony i wanted a ponyta did you ever have any like that like you were like if there were Pokemon, I would want this one. Oh, gosh. The problem with that question is I could spend far, far too much time answering it. <laughs> Honestly, like, the correct answer, I feel like, for almost anyone who played Pokemon as a kid is, like, all of them. It's just, like, like, the evolutions yes. will always have a soft spot in my heart. I could never pick. I could never pick an evolution. So I just stuck with Eevee if I ever got one, you know, I just couldn't Eevee's pick. very cute too. Yeah. <laughs> I would want to, I would want to snuggle it. Um, yeah. But I remember like vividly really wanting a Ponyta because they were awesome because they were a fire type horse. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Okay. We, we did have other topics. I hear rumor. <laughs> Oh, we did, but first I did say we'd come back to the Pokemon fanfiction. If you're interested, there's an ar- there's an author who debuted on Reddit. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I do remember his name. It's Daystar Eld, and he did Rationalist Pokemon fanfiction. And it's actually really good. And I just fell out of it because every chapter that he posts, which is one every month for the last, like, eight years, is, like... 10,000 words and I just couldn't keep up anymore. Like I got really busy and couldn't read one time and I was like, I can't catch up. Rereading it now would be like insane. I haven't read anything in the rationalist genre. It's it is an interesting take on fanfic. It is definitely interesting. I agree with that. I think the most famous one was based on the Wizarding World written by a terrible person. Um, Yeah. I'm familiar with that one. 
Yeah, so that one that one was like the most famous one. I think this Pokemon one, it's called um, The Origin of Species. The main character is based on the red character from the games. Like, his name is Red and everything. Um, is trying to figure out, like, why Pokemon evolve or something like that. Anyway, it was really good. Um, I recommend at least the first 30 chapters, but that's about when I fell off. So maybe, like, <laughs> if you have two long weekends, that's something to read. But we did have other, we did have other ones if we wanted to change topics. <laughs> Origin of Species is the perfect name for a Pokemon fanfic. Right? Like, right? Like, okay. If <laughs> this is not a criticism of his writing at all, it's just like, I could not keep up. Like, I want to know the end game of this fan fiction, and I don't want to have to wait, but he's still writing it. So, like, <laughs> I want him to, like, release the last chapter. So I can, like, follow his argument the whole way through. You know what I mean? <laughs> it- yeah. Ah. God. <laughs> there are so many authors who I am waiting to complete their work so that I may reach the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What uh, a feeling. Looking, looking at you, George R. R. Martin. Come on. That cannot yeah. be the end of it. And Patrick Rothfuss. Oh, he's doing... Um, I don't think I ever started that series. Not because I didn't try. The name of the wind. Yeah. I love those. I'd love to know how it ends. I'm yeah. Count me in for reading it if he releases the third one. Is it three? It will be three. Unless he does that thing that seems to be more common where it's the first two and then the last one, but the last one's actually two. Oh god. Isn't that more common in movies? Like I'm glad that they do that mostly in movies, but also please no please don't do that. Just edit edit yourself down there's there's got to be a plot line you can wrap up like on page two please <laughs> i yeah but fingers crossed been working on <laughs> okay first a moment for all the unfinished fiction just like okay what i've been working on is <laughs> i finally um so okay little bit of background. I've been drifting for a long time. And I am the type of person who has so many areas of my life that like when I'm drifting, I can't keep up with all the areas of my life. So for example, like I have to keep the house clean, you know, not, not the whole house. Like we split the chores with my partner, but like I have to make sure my life is in order. And then I have to make sure that I'm writing and then I have to make sure I'm actually doing my work. And then there's this podcast and then, you know, it just goes on forever. Um, so I've been drifting for a while, which means I was just tackling things that came up and like trying to survive the day. Something about our reset in January helped me get enough energy back And maybe it's that I wasn't doing one extra thing for like a couple of weeks, like this podcast. Um, It made me like sit down and come up with aims for all of the areas of my life. And I have a list here in my journal. I probably won't share a picture of it because a lot of the things on here are private, but like every area of my life, I now have like something I'm aiming towards. And it's not really a goal. It's just like, 
So for example, under the home area of my life, I want to establish like a cleaning routine, not like cleaning the entire house, just like making sure things are picked up. And so that like when we hired someone to help us clean our bathrooms and like vacuum and dust and everything, because uh, I hate doing that. And so does my partner. Right. But when that person comes once a month, the day that they come, I am running around the house picking up like things that are all over the house. So I'm trying to not do that anymore. (laughs) I'm trying to be like, all right, the cleaning person is coming today. Great. That's all I need to know. Like, I don't need to run around the house and like load up the dishwasher and then hand wash a bunch of dishes and then like throw Jinx's stuff in a closet or something. (laughs) Like, I just want to have enough of a routine that I don't have to do that. So that's like one of the things I've also got on here, like editing my book that I finished and making new compost bins for our veggie garden because we've got one and it's really full and it, it makes compost, but it's really hard to turn all of the compost and then get the done compost from the bottom. So like I want to make three bins and do the like three bin method, which I can link if anybody's interested. But yeah, so I've finally got like direction, which is nice. And I feel like I'm not drifting anymore. So that's, that's what I've good. been doing. So these aims are sort of like almost in between goals and projects for you. Yeah, kind of. So like, I mean, we've got, a, okay, so like they can be any level. Um, under my fiber arts like hobby, and I call it a hobby because I'm not trying to make money off of it. I've got finished that embroidery kit I got for Christmas. Like, that's kind of a project. But I don't really need to keep track of, like, stitch this leaf. You know? I just need to, hey, the fiber art that you should probably focus on is the one that's sitting downstairs on the coffee table waiting for you to do it every night. Or, like, for the, um, for the front flower garden, you know, that everybody can see when they drive up to our house. I just, like, the only thing I need to do for it is do a brain dump. And that's as much effort as I've said that I need to do next. And I just still haven't, but it's on there. So every time I'm like, I need to do something for the flower garden, my brain goes, we need to brain dump. So it's like in between tasks, projects, and like little waypoints on the way to finishing projects. That totally makes sense. And like, mm-hmm. it sounds like they give you a lot more of the why of what you're doing than the what. Yeah, uh, there is. A, there's definitely a little bit of that. It's like, it's like a way. I, I can't think of any other metaphor than saying it gives me a little bit of direction. Because like, I don't know if you've gotten this before, but like when I start filling up to do lists, sometimes I'm like, none of these is really like urgent. Like, so I don't really need to do any of them. But if I'm like, I need, (laughs) I'm saying need again. If like my hands are fidgety and I'm like, I need to go outside. My brain can go, okay, you wrote down that you want to like do these things in the garden. And these are the most important things to you right now. So what can you do outside towards the garden being done? Although gardening is never done, but you know, so it was very nice. (laughs) It was very nice. And, you know, there's like everything on here from like a book that I want to finish, which right now it says how to read a book, but Izzy, I stopped reading it. I couldn't, oh, no. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. Um, I will probably go back, but I just, it couldn't hold my attention. 
So like I've got everything on here from like reading a book to brain dump about the flower garden. So it's like all over the map. And it just gives me like, these are the things I want to do these things for a reason. And usually the reason is they're important to me because of X. Um, Like I want to brain dump about the flower garden so that when I go to the garden center, I know that I want to get, I am blanking on all the flowers now. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Thank you. I want to get like a new hydrangea bush to put out front or something. I don't know. But yeah. So anyway, I've been rambling a lot, but yeah, a lot of my aims are kind of like foundational aims to get started and get some momentum in the areas of my life. And I think it's something that's really going to help me going into the rest of the year. So that sounds great. I know I've been really focusing on like my own routines and foundations this year. Again, again, yeah, (laughs) I feel (laughs) I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like at the beginning of every year, I'm saying the same thing that I'm like working on my routines and my foundations. Honestly, it's every month. Do you get that? Like I, it's amazing how motivating that anytime you have like a new habit tracker or whatever that's for the month and you look at it, you're like, this one, I'm going to fill out the entirety of it. Yeah. And then you don't, <laughs> you never do. <laughs> I stopped with my monthly habit tracker this month it did not bring me joy to see the gaps (laughs) i mean yeah i'm still doing mine and i mean it really helps not thinking of it like a to-do list but more of just sort of an overview so i can check in with like what was happening when i was feeling this way or just like have a little bit more data to go cross-reference to and be like aware of yeah you were talking about how you noticed that if you meditate in the morning like it makes the day go better. So like your habit tracker kind of helps with that. Mm-hmm. Which of course I still haven't been doing, but I'm aware. You're aware <laughs> that it would help. Doesn't mean that you actually do it. It's, it's okay. I understand that too. I'm like, <laughs> what, what did I do this morning? Oh, I, I woke up and I like did my morning routine and I go upstairs to like get like actually ready for the day, like get dressed, put my contacts in, take all my meds. And I was like, I'll just go turn on my computer real quick before I do this. And then I didn't go back and put my contacts in and take my meds. I was like, I know when I, oh, brains, I know what happens when I do that. Honestly, though, the computer is so dangerous. It is so dangerous. And it like, it wasn't even the fun computer. It was my work computer. And I opened up my work computer and I opened up Teams and my email. And that's it. And I just did not go back to my bathroom. <laughs> it is actually like a trap to sit down at a computer. Like any computer can be the fun computer because every computer has the internet. But yes. even outside of that, like here's a list of 15 things and you can just check them off one after another by just clicking through them and pretending like you're reading and pretending like you care about the contents. Yep. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> It feels so productive to mark everything red on Slack. Yeah, it does. Even if and you don't 20 read minutes it. later, 30 <laughs> minutes later, who knows what you'd actually sat down to do or what you were intending to do after. Yeah, like... This is why I've bought a typewriter, but we can talk more about that when it gets here. Yeah, okay. I want to talk about that, but you're right. You don't have it in your hands right now, so I can't ask you a billion questions. Um, But I am so intrigued now. 
Are you using it to like, oh God, see, I'm already asking questions. Okay. What are you going to use it for, Izzy? I got to know. Okay. First drafts. Okay. Letters to friends. Okay. And whenever I want a cool typewritten font on a piece of paper. I'm here for it. Don't let me buy a typewriter. (laughs) I don't have room for one. Don't let me buy one. Okay. Okay. I'm so excited. I I can't think about anything else. We're going to talk about typewriters next time. Goodness. Is it going to be here next time? I hope so. It's supposed to be, but it's coming from overseas, so. Okay, yeah. That that always slows things down. Yeah. Our friend Ellen shipped something like January, end of January, and it's still sitting in the Queensland airport in Australia. Or it might have moved the other day, but like international shipping stinks. Let's just put that out there. Why? Why is it just sitting in a building? <laughs> well, we could go into that, but that's its own whole rabbit hole. Let's let's not. Let's not do that rabbit hole today. <laughs> Speaking of rabbit holes, did you go down any this week or last week? It's been two weeks. Yes. Yes? But I'm not sure I came back out of them. I don't okay. know. Um, Pokemon. Would Pokemon as- count as your, as your rabbit <laughs> Pokemon hole? Pokemon absolutely counts as a rabbit hole. Typewriters counts as a rabbit hole because I want you to know I have learned so much about typewriters in the last week researching them. You are making me want to talk about typewriters this time. <laughs> Just tell me one thing you learned about typewriters. No. Okay. I can't limit to you to one. Yeah. Tell me one thing you learned about typewriters. <laughs> there are significantly more options for typefaces on typewriters than you might expect. Okay, now answer me this. How come when you say typewriter face, I think of that one that everyone associates with typewriters? I don't even know the name of it. Because it it was uh, Courier, probably. Okay, probably. It was really common in offices because it worked really well with carbon copy paper. Oh, that makes so much sense. So everybody, everybody knows that font because they used it at the office. Yeah. And it was just like the standard font. And it would come either in Pika, which is like 10 characters print, or Elite, which is 12 characters print. But there's a whole bunch of other ones. So like the typewriter I've got. Oh, God, the cats are here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess I didn't close the door. Um, The typewriter I've got coming has a what is called the techno face that Hermes did. So I'm very excited for that. I am so excited for you. Also, it just occurred to me while you were talking about the size of of fonts. I think we still use picas as measurements sometimes in normal computers, right? But also, isn't 12 the default font size for papers we wrote in high school? Yes, but that's a 12 that's measuring a different thing. Oh, God. Okay. Never mind. That's okay. 12 point, not... Where this describes the width of the characters, that describes the height. That was the longest silence because I was just absorbing the information. (laughs) Typography and design language is hard. Yeah, it is. And uh, maybe this is why I always bounced off of it because there are so many things that like you can measure a thing so many different ways. Oh my goodness. So there are typewriters with like a script typeface, like a joined up cursive typeface. Okay, but then how do they do the, like, how do they do the B where it like connects at the top or like the W or the, what are the other ones that connect at the top? The O. Usually by like just drawing the characters such that when they're not connected, it still looks normal 
or natural, while most of the ones that can join up on the common baselines do. Okay. Okay, now now I want to see one of these. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Script font type writer. Ooh, like Olympia script. I like that. What is this? You know that sentence. Um, shoot. It's the the one about the fox. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Yes, that one. I am looking at pictures of script typewriter fonts, and this one on Google Images, I will I will save the link for the show notes, has a different sentence that uses all the letters of the alphabet. Sphinx of Black Quartz Judge My Vow? No, but it does have Sphinx of Quartz in it. It's Jack Dawes Love My Big Sphinx of Quartz. Neat. I just like, that's just the most random sentence I've ever heard in my life, but okay. I didn't know that there were like other standards. I think they're called pangrams and there's a bunch of them. Well, yeah, right? Like, there, there have to be sentences out there. That, okay, I wonder which one is the most efficient. Like, is there any that only uses one A? So I think that's called a perfect pangram. Oh my goodness. Which uses each letter once. Are you finding some? <laughs> yes, but they all use like loan words from Welsh. Oh, that's, mm, that's cheating. Jock nymphs walk drug vex blitz. The charitable endowment intoxicated the forest spirits who frustrated the athlete who engages in an attack. I'm sure it's grammatical, but... That was not English, right? That was Welsh that you... you According to this, WAQF, W-A-Q-F, is Scrabble tournament legal, but not in North America. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, I just found another one that's hilarious. Intoxicated Queen Elizabeth vows Mick Jagger is perfection. That's not a perfect one, but it's hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I might have to like embroider one of these as like that, a sampler. That would be perfect. Right? Oh, that would be so fun. Okay, I gotta write down this idea. Um, Izzy knows. Which notebook I, are you gonna write it down in? Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good transition. Good job. Uh, clap. Yeah. Golf clap for you. Um, okay. Listener, you remember last time I was talking about the one notebook. This is this is going to be a problem. Okay. I was talking to Izzy and like other friends, but one of the problems with all of my with with my notebook is that as I go along in my daily life, I take notes on a lot of things. Like not just for work, but like for my own like learning, like one of my rabbit holes lately has been like doing ADHD research because I think it's important to learn about something that I was diagnosed with and like, just like learn how it affects me and how it could possibly affect me and like maybe how to manage it. Because did you know that hormonal changes can affect your ADHD? I didn't. I thought it was just like, you know, my ADHD is going to be constant forever. No, that's false. So I learned that about myself. But as I'm learning these things, I am taking notes and notebooks have limits. Like I can't, I want a bag of holding for my notebook. I I want a notebook of holding and I can't. So I was like asking Izzy and friends today, like what the heck do I do with the notes that I know I'm going to want to refer to at some point, but I don't need to carry around every day. And like, when I need to migrate them out of my one notebook, 
Where the heck do they go? I just, I literally don't know the answer to this. So, I mean, the bullet journal solution is usually some sort of cross notebook threading where <sighs> you like have some amount of index that just says, if you need more of these notes, they're in whatever notebook. Okay. And just so, like, like with a reference, like notebook two, page 50. So I could theoretically in this system, I could get, I've seen these, like, I've seen these Filofax style, not Filofax. They're like six ring, six ring binder style things that are like clear. Like, I hate that they're plastic, but that's, that's what they're made out of. It's like clear plastic with a zipper and they're called like archive notebooks. Mm -hmm. And I could put my notes in there. And just have an index in my main notebook that says, if I'm looking for notes on ADHD, go to archive notebook yellow. Yeah. And, it'll, and then have another index. Okay, that's an option. Like the hard part with your system versus like a bullet journal is that in bullet journal, once you write it in a notebook, that page stays in that spot in that notebook forever. Forever. Yeah. And either you copy it somewhere else very explicitly or you reference it, or you forget it. Right. Which I'm, I'm a fan of. I, I like that last one. But for you, it's like, <laughs> you not only have to make the decision of then, where do you put the page? You need to ask yourself, like, how do you find that page again when you care about it? Right. And I think this is why one of our friends suggested I scan and OCR my pages. The problem is that handwriting OCR not the greatest still like it's still not a solved problem like i have i have decently neat handwriting but when i joined our little like call today to start to record this podcast and i like put my finger up and i was like don't talk i need to write down three ideas that's a scribble like i'm barely able to read it so if i ever write a note that's like ocr is not gonna be able to read it if i can't read it you know and someone was like you want to be able to like look them up whenever I don't know. I feel like if I were to want my notes digitally eventually, I would just write them digitally from the get-go, or I would retype them because OCR is not useful. And there's cases where retyping makes sense if you want to do more editing, but usually I would think just starting digitally, if it's going to end up digitally, like for things yeah. you just capture and move into digital, that makes more sense. But like... If the end goal is a digital archive to find it in, it should probably be digital and linkable and searchable in the first place. But like having things on paper is nice for a lot of reasons, like yeah. not having to open the computer to see them, which we've discussed how distracting that is on multiple occasions. Yes, we and have. So like, I mean, one thing I do not for notes but for mm. like things I've printed or sewing patterns or whatever is I have little half inch binders that are letter sized, but I have um, like those sheet protectors. And what I'll do oh. is I'll put all the associated things for like a sewing pattern or whatever into one sheet protector. I'll put that in the binder. And okay. so like you could do something like that where you have like one binder per topic. And if a topic is big enough, then you just give it its own binder. Then you don't have to worry about the index because you'll just go to your like ADHD binder, that, which could be an archive binder. That is a good point. Like on so many levels, 
Um, one, because it has given me an idea about how to store my sewing patterns. Thank you. Right now they are like awkwardly shoved into a drawer. Like I cleaned out this drawer and they're still awkwardly shoved into it. Oof. Right? I won't be able to reuse them if I can't find all the pieces. I'm stealing this idea like wholesale. Um, Cause I just, did I throw out that binder? I just cleaned out a binder <laughs> from like high school <laughs> that I found in my office. See, this is why I need cleaning. <laughs> why do I have a binder from high school? Anyway, okay, too many rabbit holes. Um, okay, so I'm going to steal that idea. But I think having having an archive binder per topic as soon as it gets big enough makes sense. Because I have a feeling that I'm going to be constantly updating my notes on like ADHD because people are mm-hmm. still studying it. Um, I mean, that's true of almost every subject, but like, if I just have an archive binder for ideas I had, but I'm not working on, because let's be honest, if I keep those ideas in my daily binder, like if I've decided I am not working on this for at least a year, if I keep that in my daily binder, guess who's going to start working on it? Even though she said she wouldn't. Future Maddie. Yeah. (laughs) And like, what's the point of making that decision that you're not going to work on it if and you're then, then going it. to have it in a spot where you see it so frequently, like half right. the point of getting it there is to get it out of your head. You don't need those reminders for things that are coming back up eventually. Yeah. Like it's one thing to say, like I've got like what I think in my binder right now, I've got like three app ideas, but I'm in no position to start developing any of them. Like I theoretically own an app right now and I have I still haven't even gotten it to run in the simulator. Like, so how am I going to build new apps? Have you know? seen some of your fight against that? I don't, I don't think that's entirely fair to yourself. Like, okay, that's true. Um, code is, is dumb. Some weirdness. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Code is frustrating. <laughs> there is some weirdness, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have time to even like, go back and try again to like figure it out like with fresh eyes right now oh, so I hear you. It, how am i going to start those three app ideas that are currently in my one notebook like i don't i'm not saying like every single day if i have an idea i'm going to decide on the spot i'm not doing that now or in the next three weeks like maybe when i do my migration that we talked about last time like where i go through every month and i'm like okay let's take everything out and let's put everything back in you know yeah no i mean For me, I feel like when I'm trying to decide what to do, it's as much making sure that the things that I see in front of me are the things that I think will inspire me to do things I care about as it is picking exactly what I want to do and how exactly I will do it. So like if something comes up during a week that I just jot down in my rapid log, like I'm not going to make any conscious decision about pursuing it or not. And if it's something that excites me enough to actually do it or to throw a couple hours in, then like worst case, I enjoyed a couple hours investigating a new thing. And that's not like something I'm trying to avoid here by always working on the most optimal thing for me to be working on. Oh my God. Trying to work on the most optimal thing would be like the most boring life, wouldn't it? Hold on. My Apple Watch says I have to go to the gym. (laughs) <laughs> uh, does it does it always ping you like at the worst time too 
mind's like, you can still do it at 7 a.m. Oh. <laughs> I'm not wearing I, a watch. <laughs> you're not wearing a watch. <laughs> I'm sure it would ping me at inopportune times if I wore it. <laughs> yeah. Mine, like, always is like, you can still do it, Maddie, at, like, 5 p.m. And I'm like, I'm on the couch. I'm not planning on doing anything. Like, you have picked the wrong moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually been wearing just, like, an analog watch recently because is that okay i need to ask is that the same reason why you switched to an analog system like because your apple watch was bugging you all the time no i i stopped wearing the apple watch because i just sometimes i wear apple watches and sometimes i forget to ever put them on and then i stop wearing apple watches okay yeah i've done that Mm -hmm. i wear them more when i'm going out more yeah but i'm not going out because nobody's been going out because because it's March 2020. Oh, God. It's almost but. March 2022. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I will not have a meltdown on a recording. Um, I totally get that. My problem with the Apple Watch is that it tells me that it needs to be charged. And then um, three hours later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I needed to be charged. And then I forget. It's already off. It can't, it can't tell me anything anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> And I have this, I I need to bring it to Apple, I think, because when I put it on the charger, when it's been like that long since it told me it needed to go on the charger, I have to like pick it up and put it on the charger like four or five times before it's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to charge when I'm on this thing. Oh no. Yeah, that's not right. (laughs) It's not right. I need to take it to Apple, but I've just been putting it off. Um, The Apple Watch is like, it's such an almost good device. Yeah. It's a device I really want to like because the idea of like, Having something that lets me get all the advantage of having my phone while using my phone less of knowing when I do or don't need to pick it up or that sounds really nice. And yep, there's yep. so much of that that it just almost does well. My biggest pet peeve with the Apple Watch in this arena is that I can't use it as an NFC tag reader. Like mm. That would be nice to trigger shortcuts with it. Trigger shortcuts are like... I think they introduced, I think they introduced that you can use it to unlock your door with certain smart home tech. Hmm. Um, I, I remember our friend Gray was really, really excited about that coming out at some point. I don't know if it's even out yet. I don't know if it was one of those things where they announced it at WWDC and then walked it back. Um, or if it's even out there. But like, I'm just like, think, like you can use it to pay, which means it's got an NFC chip in it for those readers, right? Like you can use it with Apple pay. You can maybe use it to unlock your house. Uh, Maybe because I don't keep up with Apple news, but I can't like put my phone in another room and then use my watch to start my like writing timer. That's what I, that's what I have like NFC tags around, like to track how long I'm writing or like one other one is like, I'm setting up NFC tags to set reminders to go get the laundry because I'm, I am really terrible at remembering that I've started the laundry, like, and then switching it over, right? So I've set up NFC tags that I can scan with my phone that start like a, that like put a reminder in do that says, go change over your laundry for an hour from whenever I tap it. And it's like, why can't I do that with my watch? (laughs) Cause I always just write a bullet for laundry and then wash dried, folded it away under it. Okay. I I used to do that too. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a way. (laughs) I used to do 
that. And then I would have the same problem. I'd look at my list and I'd be like, I'll go dry it later. I'll go dry it later. And then it would be 8 p.m. And I'm like, okay, but with do, do you actually do all three things? Or do you just get progressively more annoyed at yourself for not doing it? Well, it remains like sitting in the dryer indefinitely. Good question. (laughs) You want to know why that's a good question? Because I've been ignoring the do reminders for eating. So this might not be a good plan. Guess who forgot to eat lunch, her afternoon snack, and almost breakfast this morning? Oh, no. Like, I only had one meal until until dinner. Okay, we're going to finish the recording, and then you're going to go eat. I mean, like, I had dinner, but we can still finish, finish the recording. I had dinner, so I... like I, <laughs> No, we're I, not finishing the recording. We're just stopping right here. Yeah, just stopping. <laughs> I, like, I had dinner, but that was the first meal I'd had since 11 a.m. And, like, Izzy, you know me. I eat, like, every two hours when I'm paying attention to my body. I should have eaten at least three times in between there. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm yelling. (laughs) Uh, I have been struggling with the remembering to eat thing. Mm -hmm. What's up with that? Like, I know that's an ADHD thing, too. But also, like, why is... Why? Like, my body knows it's hungry. Just tell me. (laughs) The best part is that I get a headache that makes it harder to go feed myself. That is the worst. I get that with drinking water. Mm. I'm like, why do I have a headache? Could it be that I haven't gotten up and gotten myself a glass, but now I'm too tired to get myself a glass of water? Um, Okay, I'll just lay here. I'm like... (laughs) Yep. Yep, I feel that. Brains. Like, just brains. My one notebook problem seems to be solved by maybe having more than one notebook. That's kind of hilarious. Well, I feel like... One notebook is one notebook you use. That's a good point. one notebook where things enter. And then, like, what happens to them? What happens to what you've written? Like, maybe it's moved around in the notebook. Maybe it ends up somewhere more long-term, whatever. But, like, it's that one point of entry. Yeah, okay. And then, like, if you're looking for, like, which old journal do you need to get into for something that's still active, then like probably you're going to have written that down in the index of your current journal. And so it's like, that's your point of entry to the system is your current one notebook. Okay. You've made me feel better about this because I was like worried I was going to get back into the situation that got me into the Filofax where I was carrying around a notebook and then an archive notebook for some reason. But that was more like I couldn't keep my active papers in my notebook. So, okay. I am I am not resigned. I am resolved that I'm going to try this. Um, and I think Perfect. the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get one archive notebook and all like it's all going to go into there because I don't have anything that has enough stuff to fill up its own notebook. So I'm going to start with one. And then as that one gets filled up, I'll, I'll like build and then I'm not buying like 18 archive notebooks at the same time. You could also get like archival boxes where if you don't care about being able to carry it around because you'll pull out the sheets that you need at any given time and then put them back, you can get these like A6 or whatever size boxes. I'm not sure which size your file is, but that has a movable support in it. So you can have like a larger like one box that everything kind of ends up in. Okay, that's also a great idea. You're a genius. I'm going to write down all of these ideas. Oh. (laughs) 
find a link to something like that for the show notes because it's kind of hard to explain because it's like it's just a cardboard box but like there's a support in it so paper stands up in it nicely yeah like I like I think I can picture what you're talking about I feel like I've seen them before I just never thought to use them for myself like here's a throwback you remember library card catalog drawers it's like the inside of that in the little box oh my god I want one for my house. I want a library card catalog because, oh my God, they're so pretty. They are. They're also really expensive. I know because everybody wants one because they're so pretty. Oh. Yeah. Rude. Yeah, people. that's definitely, definitely true. Rude that's of other people. That's wrong with typewriters right now, by the way. Oh, like, are they The expensive? reason you shouldn't want a typewriter right now is also because they're getting very expensive. Oh, that makes me regret all the ones I walked past in all the antique stores that we went to like two years ago. That's complicated. Like, we can talk more about typewriters another time, but there are typewriters that people have no idea what to do with that are very cheap. And sometimes those are very good. And then there are people who like know what typewriters are. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for any specific typewriter, you're going to find the people who know what they are and what they're worth and will be spending more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But a lot you're of people like... just don't know the market and just like list typewriter. Yeah. So it like says you're... Corona on it. So that's bad. Okay, good to know. If I pass by a Corona typewriter in an antique store, I won't pick it up. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. Like the Smith Coronas are actually really good typewriters. It's just they say Corona on them, so the the value went down over the last oh, couple of years, which is hilarious. That is the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. They just didn't want the, a Corona typewriter. In oh, I'm just like shaking my head. It's like when people got mad at the. I mean, it's cheap beer, but they got mad at uh cores whatever i don't know whatever corona light there we go yeah that was it corona light i just can't i don't even because i don't drink beer but anyway um <laughs> like they didn't name the virus after the company and they like it's just a name people are weird yeah can confirm i'm weird but that's okay i like being weird i like being weird too anybody who wants to be like normal i'm like do you do you even know what normal is i don't know what normal is white supremacist white Normal's not go. great. <laughs> Normal's not the greatest. No. Sorry, you're going to have to bleep that. <laughs> Just thought of that. That's okay. It'll be funny. Aren't bleeps always more funny than the actual word? Probably. I feel like that's true. <laughs> we're, we're getting off in the weeds. We should wrap this up. <laughs> we probably should. The reason we're getting off of the weeds is because we're both exhausted. <laughs> okay. Izzy, it's your turn to wrap up the show. I hope you know that. Oh. <laughs> See, behind the scenes glimpse. Normally we write down who's doing the closing in our show notes doc, but today we did not. Because we're tired. <laughs> we had, um, as they say, as the kids say, no bones days. <laughs> Indeed. Well, this has been Above the Mess. I'm Izzy Miller. With me is Maddie Van Houten. You can find us on the web at AboveTheMess.com. And we will talk to you all in two weeks. Yes, two weeks this time. Because we remembered.